<laughs> All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of OD Podcast. Howdy. This week we have a special guest. Yes, come on, Danny. Come on in. Come on in. We got Danny from Makeup Pays My Bills. So give us like a brief, so for people that don't know you, okay. give us a briefing of who you are, what do you do, etc. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me and hello, hello to everyone. You're so welcome. So my name is, <laughs> my name is Danielle Peebles. I am the owner and founder of Makeup Pays My Bills. A um, little bit of background is I am, yes. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a background. I am an ex corporate trainer slash area director for every company you can think of. I've worked for Mac Cosmetics, Anastasia, um, anybody you can think of. NARS, I've worked for them at a wow. good So, yeah, so basically, um, I have a corporate background in cosmetic training and then retail sales and television and film work. So, it's probably how I met, like, you know, all of you. Resume. Yeah. The resume so, is going off. It's cute, huh? Okay. So, <laughs> so basically, that's a little bit about me, a little <laughs> bit about my brand. Uh, makeup Pays My Bills is basically a community of makeup artists. And it's not, you know, just a certain type of makeup artist. Um, the purpose of me sharing with you guys what my history is, is because I've worked makeup basically every capacity. Yeah. And I felt it was a need for a community so that there were with no hierarchy, like, you know, no one's acting pretentious, no one's acting crazy, you know, some type of structure. So it's a brand within a brand. It's basically, okay. you know, merch, but it is first and foremost, a community for makeup artists, a collective safe space for creatives. That's what it is. So I'm going to tell you how I was introduced to your brand because somebody was being shady. <laughs> they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to, uh, uh, they wasn't trying to share the wealth. Um, I was on set of a movie. I was on set of a movie. And when I got there, everybody was walking around with makeup, pays my bills, cups, phone cases, everything. Um, everything. So I'm like, what's tea? Y'all left me out. What's the tea? Where y'all get that from? <laughs> I was like, where you get that from? Nobody wanted to tell me. They was like, oh, um, I got it from this girl. Or whatever she sell them. I was like, well, where can I get it? I want it. Like I want it. It was. It just looks so cool and so polished because, like, just imagine being on set of a movie and like they have uniform t-shirts and yeah. Hoodies. That's what I was just thinking. You I'm know what I'm saying? saying? I'm like, well, shoot, I'm. Huh? Well, what? Don't leave me out. Yeah, you got some loyalists. They right. want to tell <laughs> They want to tell me. I'm like, so is it like a secret society? I want to join. Like, what's me? See, but see, it's <clears> absolutely <throat> the opposite, and it's so funny because the the following has grown. Like, even though it's a smaller following, it is a more a very concentrated, very powerful following. Yeah. Um, so agree. many, you know, different people from different aspects of the MUA realm. And what the, that's another thing that I did notice as well, Draco, like a lot of people, when I first started it, I would mail out promotional merchandise and they would wear it to big events and things and they wouldn't tag me. And I would be like, but that goes to show that it is a badge of honor. So that was kind of like the psychology behind it. Um, yeah. A lot of times people discredit creatives, right? They always think whether you are a makeup artist or you do hair People don't take that serious. People think, you know, discounted as a hobby and I got sick of that. So it's kind of the idea behind it so that, you know, it's an empowerment. Like when you wear, like, this is what I do. This is how I make my income. Like a nine to five pays you, makeup pays us. 
So basically, put some respect on her name. That's what it's about. Period. Yeah, and and that's what I take from it too myself. Like I take pride in wearing my hat and my shirt. Um, I definitely wear on set of like videos and stuff. Now I remember one time we had to uh, work outside in the hood. The video was in the projects, and people was like. Oh, he let you know it. The dough that make up pays his bills. I'm like, oh, okay. I had like overheard the security talking about it, so I looked and I just laughed at him. Then this other lady, she she didn't even know my name. She just kept calling me makeup man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, but we definitely wanna, we definitely both wanna get inside your brain because it's a lot okay. of stuff that I wanna know about you and about your brand and just about, you know, ex- your experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. and outside of the industry as well just in your everyday life but first mm-hmm. we do have um a segment of our show called um shop talk. shop to look well, I, have Ooh, I love this <laughs> we don't really have a um a jingle yet for shop talk but we just make it yeah. if it's working like this whole Every little something i'm here for i like it <laughs> yes <laughs> So I think that we should, so this is our segment where we talk about what's going on in pop culture. And Mm -hmm. I think that we all just probably want to address the elephant in the room at the moment. The Kanye West? The Stampede. (laughs) Yes. What are y'all thoughts of of that? I knew it. I knew it. You know what? This is what I'm going to say. Go off. Come on. Give it to me, sister. I wish that um no seriously I do sincerely feel terrible for him. I'm almost I'm almost fearful for him because even for the not last night but the night before when he had his rant, I was really fearful that he would harm himself. Like for real, I really Damn. felt like that. Like you know, and I and and what we only saw was what he was able to compose and tweet. So mm. we don't even know how he was acting or where he was around. Was he harming himself? Was he throwing? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a really serious thing. And I think that when it comes to social media, you in, you enter you you make yourself more vulnerable to like scrutiny and judgment. And we know that much. And Kanye has been somebody that has easily garnered a lot of attention. But I mm. think it's to the point where it's not it's not like entertaining. It's it's a big deal. So I think so. Number one, I just I want him to get some help. I need him to like let this presidential campaign thing go because that was embarrassing. And but I was like, that was the thing. Like he was for real. He was this, and it's it funny because real. he was serious, but not really because before the 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 press thing, the, the uh, I guess the town hall, he hadn't even like solidified himself, solidified himself as a candidate. Like he didn't even. That's what I'm saying. He didn't go. He just threw. He just threw a function right. and just was like, mm-hmm. here we go. But I um I it's. it's it's tough though sometimes because even though after not last night the night before after his little rant he deleted the tweets and let me not say little rant but his his, his outburst his his i don't know episode rant. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh album coming soon and now i'm like okay is this intentional i know it's, it's really hard to really tell and then you know last night i'm just like you know i I need him to get some help. But I need him to have some people that around him that truly care about him. I know we yeah. say that about a lot of people that need help, but mm-hmm. I don't think that he, the family that he has right now is not. Yeah. It's giving get out. It's giving get out. That was the craziest part because my thing about it is it's, it's, it's crazy to see that he actually, the, the way that we think about him and how his family is, mm-hmm. he actually thinks the same thing. Like yeah, and we just, just we just know what we see. Yeah. So the fact that this is like embedded in his brain and he really does think the way we think it's like, okay. So realistically, he's not all the way gone. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's just, it's, it's something there that's, that tied him to that family or to Kim. I just feel like I don't understand why better precautions aren't being taken as far as, you know what I mean? This is not, I still feel like it's a house divided. Like as a married woman, I feel like it's not functioning in a marriage. Does that make okay. sense? Like I, I never felt like it was a true marriage. And then honestly, and yeah. I know Kim may have said she had health issues before, but I'm like, she didn't even carry all his kids. You know what I mean? So that's like some disconnect there. I, I just, I've always been like w- weird about their marriage and legitimacy and how serious it was. Cause I just seems like a house divided, right? It just absolutely. seems like, you know, it's the Kardashian brand and then there's Kanye West. And then it's like, when he messes up, I feel like she goes recluse and you know what I mean kind of leaves or just carries on like it just like yeah because from my understanding she was still posting like why he was going through his rant I don't follow her random stuff yeah so I just just, as usual she was like and I don't you know people I I know that some people like oh don't blame the Kardashians or with the Kardashians but I know if my husband was out here doing things that were not healthy or conducive to his his career I would I would step in but it kind of seems like it's like well that's Kanye it's same. Yeah. That's how I feel. I, I agree a thousand percent. I feel like there is a house divided and, you know, folk have their business. But I think really in the industry, you really should be protecting your counterpart because if you're a unified front, the business. what he does is going to make you look crazy and vice versa, not just being aloof and oblivious. Like you don't understand what's going on. If he needs help, he really yeah. needs help. And we know this is going to be on Keeping Up With The Kardashians. So it's it's like... <laughs> is it footage? Right. I'm sure. Or the response it, allegedly, he's in Wyoming and they're in Calabasas. So I don't they'll know. They'll tape their reactions and stuff and what was yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their, their part is probably going to be on there, though. But he did say that Kim tried to send people out there to to get him to lock him yeah, up she have. I mean, yeah I mean she wasn't doing nothing wrong but not uh, lock him imagine, up but like he needs some yeah help. get him some help yeah yeah, yeah. but just mm-hmm. imagine going through like an episode and then people are coming at you trying to apprehend you like I know that would probably scare him off mm-hmm. and he's just such an aggressive person naturally anyway mm-hmm. that they, mm-hmm. they're probably scared she probably scared as hell because she probably don't know what the hell to do either. you don't know what to do yeah she like I don't know what to do between the two of them they got enough money yeah. to figure out a camp Cherry yeah. pick a camp. Where's Olivia Pope? Olivia Pope's this. <laughs> Where's Somewhere Olivia with Black China, child. Hmm. Who knows? Figuring it out. So yeah. I just think that's crazy. I do. Um, I do notice. Um, one thing that I did say was um the reaction from the people that I didn't really appreciate just because you know I I understand the things that Kanye have said and passed and all such shit, but I think for me. I've seen a lot of people being very laxed about it. Like they were like, Oh my God, he needs so much help. He needs so much help. Mm-hmm. But realistically it's so many people who have these type of episodes in the industry and they don't get the same and in treatment. the black community and they sweep yeah. it under the rug. They just and call them crazy or laugh yeah. at them. Yeah. Make it yeah, they laugh at them. They call them crazy. They cancel them because of stuff they say. But I think that if y'all are going to treat him like that and I don't have no problem with Kanye. I actually really love him, but I'm, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you're going to treat him like that, you should have that same energy around the board because realistically, what is he doing? He What is he doing that is different from Azalea Banks? And he's probably done stuff way worse than her That's and said stuff way worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's definitely been, like, a little bit more direct and a little bit more, like, aggressive towards people in general, like, mm-hmm. directly to them. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's very similar in their response to stuff. Like, they 
are just ticking time bombs. And you said both of them are mentally ill. So but I the think thing that- is, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like we, just like you said, we should take the same initiative because a lot of times in the Black community specifically, I can't speak on any other community because I'm yeah. Black. But, yeah. you know, they sweep it <laughs> under the table. Like, that's just the thing. And that's not okay. Like, if he does need help, proactive measures should be taken as opposed to ridicule. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just being yeah. in the news. And I just feel like it's kind of kind of toxic. Yeah. It's very it's toxic. I just would love to be a fly on the wall in that house. I mean, Jesus Christ. I wouldn't, because I feel like it's giving get out. It's always yeah. giving, it's gave, and it's redistributing. It's <laughs> 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 the supply chain to get out. <laughs> no, you're right, though. I just, I just, uh, it's just so many things. Like, and I, I know Kanye is a very unique individual, but man, it's like, there's no way y'all couldn't have seen something like this coming. Like, he, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But what, what, we're just outsiders looking in, but I just feel like, it's worse than we think it is. So they they, yeah. they reported it to TMZ about three weeks ago that it was. Wait, remember way. he did an outburst like this because I believe in patterns and cycles. Oh, absolutely. So like, remember he did this like a probably three or four years ago, like at that concert, he had like an outburst. Or oh, whatever. and he left. Yeah. Remember that, that when Cam oh, got robbed? It was a. This is too no, much. Because no, no. I thought about like they're just a lot together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lot. yeah. I agree. I agree. And they that, all- I remember that he did that you know, it was a rant then and people were trying to ostracize him and he kind of came back and he's like, oh, you know, I got help. And then people kind of, they kind of called the dogs off. But I feel like this is the same vibe. Like, did you get help or did you just get a few pills? Right. <sighs> because he definitely, he definitely was on opioids for a minute because he definitely said it. Around, he, he came clean about him having lipo twice. He was on opioids. So, yeah. It's a lot. It's just a lot. It is a lot. I I genuinely wish him the best. I need him to get a divorce. I need him to be around more like-minded individuals, and I want him to have a peaceful relationship with his children, their grandmother, and their mother. Yeah. Right. So what happened? My okay. Now, now the messy side of me wants to know what happened with Larsa Pippen. Pippen, because people saying that she might have been messing with Tristan Thompson, and they they cool with her, and then but they made that big deal about Jordan. Jordan yeah. liked the tweet that said that. Yeah, and they unfollowed. They unfollowed Larsa. All them unfollowed her. After this or when? No, I guess people are just not realizing that that all of them don't yeah, follow. I don't know enough them. about that. So yeah, they were friends. like, and then what are they gonna yeah. do? Are is are they gonna cause a brigade? Like, are they gonna start? Yeah, I don't know. Black- See, I watch. <laughs> I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashian. So mm-hmm. Larsa is she's I won't say that she's a big part of the show, mm-hmm. but she's one of Kim and Courtney's like really close friends. Like she's yeah. really close to them. Did you see Larsa was hanging out with Taina in Young Miami? She's a weirdo. It like, was like, is she gonna take <laughs> out to the movies? <laughs> I'm sorry, Larsa Pippen is a fucking weirdo. I watch that show and I say this shit all the time because I'm like, honestly, I think that Larsa hyped them up to get them braids in the head because she was she would come on the show with the braids, and I guess they just seen her like her sweat because she's culture. very like that ain't even no cu- listen that ain't culture i don't know what it is that's rat poison it's, giving, <laughs> like, it's like she she has like a attitude about her that's very like boss like mm-hmm. you can tell and compared to kim and and all them they're kind of like chill 
Mm-hmm. So they don't give that. But when she's around the group, she's very aggressive. She has to be like the leader. And mm-hmm. like that's just her personality. And I feel I was I always said I'm like, I feel like Larsa got them got their ass with the braids. Like cause she would be on the episode, they would be going to the beach and she would have her cornrows and she would just think she was DMX. It was just giving Not that. DMX. <laughs> She would give that. She was giving. I need. Oh Lord, what a! So, I, 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 I think stuff like this made me want to be regular forever. Yeah, like I, I want to be honestly, successful, but I want to be very, very grounded. Mm. Oh yeah, for sure. Like this yeah. does make me um just like just looking at this stuff happen. Not even with just her, just even with this situation with Tori and Megan and like a it's lot just of just a cancer it culture. Loves, it's like it makes me want to just sit behind the scenes because it's almost like. Even though before your life is definitely in the forefront, but I think with social media and some like quick access to stuff, like people can easily upload something in three seconds and your life is screenshot, screen record. It's a mess, and it's like I don't want to say the wrong because I know me. I definitely have a lot of times where I I say stuff and then I have to go back and be like, you know what? Sometimes I think that about the show. I'm like, how does how's that gonna age? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd be like, I was wrong. I should have to think that because I know I'm a pretty unfiltered <laughs> person. Said, Draco said I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'd be having to sit back. I'm like, dang. But I shouldn't feel bad about it. I mean, I'm a human being. I can make a mistake, or I just need to learn something. I was probably ignorant about it. Well, people don't I looked at it a certain way, but I feel like I I should have the right to make a mistake and come back and rectify it. Like without yeah. that to an audience coded. of multiples of millions of people. That's the problem. Too much access. It's too much business. That's where a camp comes in, you know, like a damage control camp. And what happens is just like, you know, I hate to bring up the B Simone thing, but that's the importance of making sure that you have the proper people in your camp. If you yeah, have sure. the proper people initially. Yeah, it was at Camp Best Friends in that situation. <laughs> Ooh, look. They need to be at Wait a um, minute. Danny, where are you from? Detroit. Okay, so in Atlanta, in the hoods, mm-hmm. every hood had a recreation center, and all the recreation centers would have camp best friends. <laughs> it's free. That was the name of it. Free. It was free. It was <laughs> the, the most hoodest camp. I ever. never went. I wish I would have went. I would have. I wish I would have been I able to go. Yeah. I wish we had something I went like that. One year, it was so ghetto. It's going. That's why I would have been in attendance. It was so ghetto. <laughs> we, but you know what? They used to have the fire field trips though. Yeah, that this was, was all the field trip. They had the t-shirts and everything. Yeah, the only, the only, that was like the only camp they used to take. They keep people to like Six Flags and mm-hmm. all the other stuff. Like that was the only camp that they All the cool So the fact that you said that B. Simone is a part of Camp Best Friends, you see. I need a little camp. <laughs> a little camp, never heard you of me. girl. <laughs> Listen. All right, let's go to the, uh, to the next see me. Um, are we are we going to the next segment? So we just gonna leave Kanye for the whole. Listen, I'm just standing by for updates. That's all I can do. Yeah. I can all send right. prayers up. I'm yeah. not. I can't. I can just hope that I don't turn open my phone and see something crazy. Oh I don't want this God. to be a publicity situation. Exactly, and it's hard to tell yeah. with the affiliations. So, I don't know. Hollywood is a hell of a drug. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. So we're gonna get into. We're gonna get some things. We're gonna get into makeup, pays my bills. So I know that we both have a lot of different things to ask you. Just about, like I said, about you, your personal, not too personal, unless you want to take it there. But we do want to ask stuff about your business and, like, yeah. um, you know, what you did to get started. 
I don't know if you had the same. Um, I started my business for $500 and a dream story that everybody has. I don't know that. Mine will probably be a little different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, Alicia also brought up the fact that we um, should ask you about separating um, your personal brand with the brand that pays your bills. Mm-hmm. And it could mm-hmm. be both. I feel like you get, I feel like you get paid for both, you know? Well, right. let me, so are we talking about as far as like, so my brand, as far as makeup, like yeah. my makeup branding business and then my personal uh, aesthetic. Okay. So yeah, well, I'll answer that first. So I think it's super important to establish brand identity. So I was also my undergrad, I was a computer science major and then I attended like oh. my, my master's. Yeah. So I'm a little nerd. Just a I live for that, baby. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, working at the retail capacity, it taught me a lot about marketing. So I studied marketing for a bit, like with my master's. And then I was like, mm, let me see what actually works. Like what is going to happen and what's not going to happen. So I learned brand identity. So brand identity is so important to establish because let's think about an Instagram page. Let's take that for example. So you have an Instagram page. Maybe you didn't start a business. It's just you. So maybe just Danny, right? Maybe that's just the Instagram page. And you decide like the people that follow Danny, that's who they want to see. So if you introduce a product, people didn't sign up to see that product. Does that make sense? So when you established your brand identity, you established just Danny, that's where they're getting ready to see. That's who they're anticipating on seeing. So then when you, people start to lose followers, People start to get discouraged, but you have to think about the psychology of who's following you and brand identity is the first thing. So if you're going to post, that's why I always tell, you know, when I coach everybody that asks questions or if I do consultations, establish brand identity. So Mm -hmm. your personal situation is your personal situation. If you want to post ratchet stuff over here or whatever, which is what I enjoy doing. So post it on, you know, your personal channel. But as far as your business, if you anticipate being respected as a business woman or man, you need to make sure that the aesthetic is there. You need to make sure that the professionalism is there. And you need to make sure that the community or like that, um, that fabric is there, like that community piece is there. So that's my two cents on that. I totally agree. I actually started a brand. I was, it's all over the place. And I remember when I initially did it, I was like, I don't want it to be affiliated with my name. But for the same reason, there are people I follow who I love, you know, seeing their kids and now they selling Nutribirds. And I'm tired of saying- I don't want to do that. I don't want to see both of y'all. I got a mute. What is it? Exactly. And so <laughs> when I first started, tra- so my brand initially started around me being a solo traveler. But to mm-hmm. me, that went well with my personal brand, like who, who I am day to day, because that's just what I do for fun. And I just end mm-hmm. up blogging about it. But when I came up with my t-shirts and the podcast, the podcast I still can do personally, but I'm like, okay, this is going to seem like I'm just putting my fingers in all these different pies. And I don't know. But I agree with you. That does make sense. Like personality is a big part of it. So like, if you come out with something, it can transition into like lifestyle. Like my personal page can transition into lifestyle, like, yeah. I, like fashion. I like, so just like you said, like with your podcast, it depends on your personality, but if you understand you're changing the conjecture of things. So if you're changing what you're posting, how often you're posting, or even the content, and it changes that brand identity, you have to pivot to another page. Right. You know. I agree. Or you should. People yeah, don't. 
I totally agree. You know, you still want to be like, I think I have a pretty decent personal page, but if you look at the podcast page, I mean, we got memes, we got mm-hmm. shout out, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of mm-hmm. doesn't really, the, the, the color scheme is not the same. It's just kind of like all over the place. And I don't mm-hmm. want to. Mine is a little different. I started out freelancing, but before mm-hmm. I was freelancing, I was, me and Alicia both were kind of, I guess you could say we were kind of like online personalities before, like uh-huh. during the MySpace era. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's just always been me. So people know me from that and that's like where I built my following from. That's the personality over- piece. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So if you so people come to my page, they expect to see that. They expect me yeah. to, to to see me being myself, and I just you know advocate for me being myself all the time and mm-hmm. showing my kind of like my personal life a little bit. I definitely scaled back a lot because I used to overshare a lot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it came back and bit me in the ass. But I definitely just really? share little, you know little bits and pieces of whatever. But I definitely make sure I show my personality because I notice that that brings more engagement to my page. That's what listen. Draco is literally like my one of my favorite pieces, like favorite, favorite, favorite people to follow. His feeds are the makeup artistry is bomb when he be posting the foolishness and the story. It's just nailed. Like I love it. <laughs> I me, love it. <laughs> every day, I'm gonna talk. One thing about I always tell people, one thing about me, I'm going to talk shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Period. I've been trying to like do more vocal. I don't really like posting. I don't know. But the thing about it is, even though I talk to you pretty much every day, I think that your personality on social media is like needed. It is because it is. I think that I think that what I think that why it's needed is because we have a lot of people that's online that are very. Um, they are in the corporate world. They okay. work corporate jobs, and but they're not as like I don't know. Like they don't have. They're not like me because I'm always I'm always sticking yeah, out. It's always it's always kind of like a like I love people that do that exceed and do well. But I think that where my line draws is, I'm not really the type of person that can just be around people that are like bougie. Like you got to give me bougie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Fine. You got to give me a human layer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I I don't know, but I think that you showing your personality, it definitely will probably like. I mean, I don't know. You definitely are extra private though, so you don't be wanting all them people on your page. Yeah, I only it. post when I do something fun, like go hiking, mm-hmm. go on a trip. Mm-hmm. Everything now, I've lately been trying to make videos like random. So like I did a review for a product which got a, oh my god, I I was flooded. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start doing this more. But it just doesn't feel natural when I try to force it. It just has to hit me. But maybe I should get yeah. out of there. I don't know. But I just try to. I just wanted to seem natural. And I don't want to sound like like I don't ever want to be a salesperson. Like if I ever get to a point where I'm like in influencer status i still want it to be organic and trustworthy not just right yeah i agree like alonzo yes oh my he does a great job of personality because he he if he stopped doing hair i would still follow him for his tiktoks i'm telling you it's hilarious i love everything post and then like again the hair everything everything so what where did uh okay you said you said a little bit of it earlier but um i wanted to ask so before you started have you always done makeup or did you just go straight into um like high up retail so just basically my career journey is what you want okay so i started my undergrad was in computer science i used to work for verizon so i used to work in telecommunications so technical support so i did all that um i moved to atlanta in 2008 
Where are you so, from? Said Detroit, right? Mm-hmm, from Detroit. Uh huh. So I moved to Atlanta in 2008. And like I said, I wanted to take a chance. I always liked makeup. So I used to work um, freelance for Mac when I was, what, 18? So I used okay. to work for Nordstrom. So I started out with just dibbling and dabbling. Um, I wanted to go before I completed my undergraduate, I wanted to go to school for fashion design. And my dad was like, but honestly, look what I'm doing now, right? Textiling, all it, right? So I knew what I wanted to do. You had your head in the right space. It just didn't seem logical at that time for him because it was probably like a hobby, not a career. Yeah. Exactly. So even that's, even the brand now demystifies, even though I love my parents, it demystifies what, you know, they, the preset that they have for me. So I've done corporate, right? So I started freelancing with cosmetics when I was like probably 18 or 19. I didn't even wear makeup because I don't, I don't have to, like, I didn't have to wear makeup. Period. Yeah, so, period. <laughs> same, look, same. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so after around, so about 2012 is when I started working in cosmetics at a professional capacity. So in 2012, I stopped working at Verizon. And then I was like, well, let me take a chance and see, you know, what's cute. Let me see if I can do what I do. So then my very first job is I started working as a counter manager for Clinique. So I've done retail at every capacity. I've been a counter manager. I've been a store manager. I've been a regional field executive. So from Clinique, I worked at I worked for Chanel as a territory manager for Chanel, mm. and then after I worked for Chanel, I was the regional director for Proactive, which is you know the pimple people. Okay. So I really enjoyed. I have a question: that. Do you remember when Tanache was like the spokesperson for for why people people do not remember that she used to have she was like the um she had an endorsement with them and she yeah. wasn't even popular yet. He was, and that was like, uh, so the people that ran that promotion is uh, Gunthy and Ranker. That's the people yep. like if you stay up late night and you watch mm-hmm. commercials. So yeah, I definitely remember. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I'm not crazy. I'm like, bro, that's Tanache. I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Diddy. I don't remember that. What? Diddy was on there too. So anyway, so I, I did that. I don't remember when Tanache was on there. Yeah, I but did. it's so funny because you're not the only person that asked me that. They're like, you remember that? I'm like, yeah. Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> now she's, because they kicked it on the ad as, as if she was a pop star. I'm like, we yeah. don't know this girl. But you know, it said crazy. pop star. She had a little green can. What, what'd you say? Tanache has seven albums. No, but at this time, she was, nobody, nobody knew who she was. Like nobody, oh. she wasn't even on the. She wasn't even a new artist. She was some a paid actress in my eyes at the time. <laughs> wow, we gotta find it for Draco and send it to him. <laughs> Wait, you gonna be like, I can't. I, I wish I remember. The, I used to know the song. Looks different, like yeah. completely. It's on like, YouTube. Gotta be. They gotta be. Gotta be. <laughs> yeah. All right, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. So, what was this? Okay, so after proactive. I feel since it was such, it was so skincare heavy, it wasn't familiar, it wasn't create like that creative burn or you know what I mean? I wasn't getting that fulfilled. So I was like, well, let me do something else. So then I moved from Atlanta to Charlotte. Like my position took me to Charlotte because I can live anywhere I wanted to live because I had such a large territory. So I moved to Charlotte and then I started working again for Mac as an 18 hour. So I worked seven days a week. I worked literally would go i may fly to one of my florida stores like maybe on tuesday do a round fly back on friday and go work for mac friday saturday and sunday oh wow because that was my creative outlet like i wanted to it wasn't about the money right 
So after that, I ended up, I ended up quitting proactive because I love just, it was never about the money for me. Cause that's the thing. If you operate in passion, the money comes, like the money will always come. So I ended up quitting proactive and started working for Mac and I was a um, manager for Mac and I moved to Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, that sounds like a ghost town, child. Yeah. So that's what, so it was for coming from Atlanta. That wasn't for me. I'm used to, you can go get sushi 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, you know what I mean? So that is kind of my career with that. But television and film came when I started working at Mac. I always tell you guys I never was the Mac girl, like the mean girl. That was never me. Me either. Um, and they used to hate me for it because I got all the damn sales. Like and listen, you <laughs> I just said this last night. Like when people come in with, you know, their back to Mac, this is a person that's spending money. Like why are you trying to treat this person funny? So I met my first department head when I was working at Mac. So that was back in 2015. So mm-hmm. that is when my television and film career began. So that's when you get to scale the money. You're looking like, okay, this is retail money. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then this is industry money. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how I started that. So one of my first projects was um, a lot of indie projects. I did a couple of things for um, Lifetime. When I came to Atlanta, one of my first day playing projects when I came back to Atlanta was um, Saints and Sinners with Jeremy, you know, Jeremy Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a couple projects, like a couple day plays with that and then just started breaking into the industry that way. Okay. Um, I've had my days, like I said, my day plays. Um, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Yes, you are. But go on. I only, only reason why I say that is because I do like the money. I do like the pay, but I'm more like a fast-paced person. Like, I like to be out you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying like i just feel like i want to be more so like i don't even want to say on the scene because realistically when i'm not working for the most part 80 75 percent of the time i'm at home partially Mm -hmm. because of covid but (laughs) partially because of covid (laughs) partially because of covid but for the most part i'm at home person Mm -hmm. um and i feel like when it when i worked those day plan jobs it for one it drained me to death oh it, it's very tough it is tough you i'm not sure what y'all talking about so Ooh, day player is, we talking in code yeah i'm so sorry <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically when you're a day player alicia a day player is a person who is not necessarily hired in the industry as a like a makeup artist for a movie or a whatever. Permanent person. It's like a yeah. on-call makeup artist. Okay. Exactly. So this is a, a a spot filler. So say for instance somebody can't come to work that day, they're like, we need a day player to fill this spot. So they'll call mm-hmm. in somebody to come in. Okay. Yeah. We in a regular life we just call that on call. Well, you, it's the same. <laughs> same thing. On call, day player, <laughs> all the all of the things, all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It it was just it was very um. Mackish, like it definitely had it that. I agree with that a hundred percent. I well, actually, a thousand percent. It yeah. is very clicky, and again, that brings it back to why I started the brand because I feel like I've worked at every capacity, like yeah. in makeup artistry, and I've worked at Mac. Well, Draco said it the same too. We've worked in a capacity where people, you know, it's fun to bully people. I wanted a culture that was completely opposite of that. I've worked on set and people have, you know, looked at me different or treated me different because I'm younger and fresher, you know, than maybe, right? (laughs) You know, so I didn't want that. I know what that feels like to be 
on the set of, you know, New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week and you're afraid to ask someone because everybody's so pretentious. So yeah. that's basically what I wanted to create, like a safe space for creatives. That's basically what it was. You know, Girl, I got kicked off a whole set in New York my first time. Look, I don't even need to know what happened. They were hating. They kicked me off, <laughs> <laughs> they kicked me off, but it was cool. Um, so my story is a little different, and I will say that I, I, I don't want to say envy. That's a harsh word, but I do like really, really look look up to people who started their careers off in school. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why is because I feel like people who um, have backgrounds in like marketing and all these different type of degrees they do have a level of, for one, professionalism. Um, mm-hmm. They have a certain a certain way to just go about stuff and they have some business about themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think for a person like me who started off at a salon, like my first makeup job was at a salon for three years and I went to another salon for three years. Um, it's different because mm-hmm. we are operating off of a get money mindset. So we're not mm-hmm. operating off of, um, okay, let's sit down and plan this out how we want this to go, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm operating off of a, I need to pay my bills and <laughs> da, 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 da. you know what I'm saying? But right, I didn't right. start makeup. It's like fast paced. Yeah. Kind of like not having that like, like structure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start, that's not the reason why I started makeup. And I actually went to school for fashion design too. Mm-hmm. But see, um, I love me some Draco, honey. See, look, it's, mm. it's aligned with the universe. There we go. The stars mm. and all the rocks and stuff. All the rocks and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. but um, yeah, so I always kind of felt like, because even back then, like, I would, you know, I would be happy to meet other makeup artists just because I wanted to learn. I really didn't know what I was doing. Like, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. learn on YouTube, but I learned a lot from drag queens because those were people who did stuff that I didn't know how to do. Like, right. I would look at regular makeup, and I'm like, child, I could do that in my sleep, girl. Mm-hmm. Where is the is the cut crease? I learned how to do a cut crease in 09. Look. You know what I'm saying? Like, do me a cut crease. Do me, you know, whatever. But <laughs> I noticed that when, that afterwards the 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 um everybody just kept saying they work for mac first anybody that was successful in the industry like even mm-hmm. with my idol at the time was queen latifah's makeup artist i'm fine he was mm-hmm. like the highest paid makeup artist during that time mm-hmm. and he always said that he worked at mac so i was like you know what maybe i need to just go work for mac and i so- would say you know i think that i honestly can say like mac as the company i think they were a great company the people that were in management weren't a vibe for me but i yeah. will say the company itself has implemented a lot of structure like as far as like how to secure like a lot of people ask about my business like oh how do you know to do this or how do you know to do that which i'm sure you guys ask too but it yeah. comes natural back to draco's point about either not really the the education as far as like college education is pretty much the experience too. The yeah. education kind of gives you like that, that edge. But when you honestly think about it, it's really just the experience and applying what you've learned. Like every job I've had, I've applied what I've, what I wouldn't have done. So right. to my business, like whatever I've learned at every company, I run my business on their flaws. Like what I didn't like about their business that's how I basically formulated mine. Like, oh, I don't like this. I'm not doing this on mine. Oh, right. 
I'm look. I'm at, I'm at the point in my, in my career now where I can actually say that. But at one point in time, I needed. I just got to do it because I need that pain. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> so that's that just I'm like, child. Oh, come on and just stare at the wall for about ten minutes and just be like, okay, just. Is your um is your brand your full time gig? Like, is that really where your primary source of income comes from? Mm-hmm. How did how did you like determine like all right I'm about to stop working for the man did you have to like like was there a point where you had to sacrifice finances like how do you like how do you just know like listen y'all have no idea okay so when I first <laughs> as the answer to the first question um, like why I decided to go full time it really was like kind it was let me give you the journey. So when I first started the brand, which was June of last year, I was working at every capacity. I'm working as a freelance artist, uh, you know, working on several television and film projects. And I'm also working a full-time job as a area director. So I had like 37 stores. So I'm literally working, working, working to get this capital because, you know, a lot of black businesses are not financed. Yeah. You know, so my or not, um, you just don't get capital. You just don't get a lot of things. And I know for a fact that my credit score was way above, like it was like high 700s and I couldn't secure a loan, you know, but oh, wow. I can honestly say one of my non-black counterparts started a business the same time as mine and she secured like 60,000 in capital. So that's the thing. Wow. That's the thing, like systematic, like racism, that's a thing. So anywho, sure. I was forced to hustle, like, you know, making sure that I'm getting this money up and making sure that I need to do what was necessary to propel the business forward. Because again, black businesses are underfunded. They just are. So once I started, that was in June, we did IMATS Atlanta in November. It was 100% hustle. Like that's basically, you know, what it was. But what I'd like to tell people that like to start new, like that want to start new businesses and such, you have to keep that focus. Like you, I always knew what I wanted my brand to be and I just stuck with it. That's the only difference between like anybody can make a brand, anybody, you will make mistakes, but basically determining that vision, like this is what I want to do. And that is how you stick with it. But as the answer to your uh, question, when you were saying, well, how did you know, or how did you decide to go full time? COVID decided for me to go full time because I was um, laid off from my other job as area director. And it was fine because my business was already ready. Yeah. I had already determined, like I said, establishing that vision. I had already determined like, okay, this is going to be my last year in retail. Because I started seeing, I'm a visionary, I started to seeing the market change and turn. You're in Sephora for five, six hours, you're selling two, three pieces. These people are not going to keep paying you, you know, a six-figure salary and and their product is not moving. So I had to make sure I pivoted and was like, okay, before the whole layoff happened, I decided this was my last year in retail because I wasn't passionate about it. You ever done something on autopilot? Like you're, it's paying your bills. Like my passion doing those after ninety days of every job <laughs> I've ever had. Yeah, oh, listen, and that's it. But Alicia I always resume. move on to bigger and better every time. Yeah, every time that's she it. definitely get a better job. But if you see Alicia's resume, you will fall on the floor. But listen, this is the thing. Like you know, back in the day, I said this on like another interview that I did. Back in the day, like when people millennials and people who are right under millennials, we are people that love to 
we gain the, we're smarter. And this is a statistically proven fact, we're smarter. What we do is we don't have to stay on, you know, a job for X amount of years or because we're going to get the experience that we need and we're going to move on. And that's what I think we're going to be better at everything that we do. So if you're in a job six months, four months, like the average median for like a millennial to be like on a job is like a year, year, 18 months, somewhere in there. So times are just changing. Like I don't have to be on this job because it's stifled. We don't like to feel stifled. We like, what is this? Y'all not promoting? As soon as I find out I can get 20,000 more for the same skill set and then learn something else. We're smarter. I'm out, love. You're smart. <laughs> so that's what it's about. It's about being smart, like, in yeah. the game. But like I said, COVID will um, push you. It pushes you and do, but you should always have a plan. A lot of people will be on a platform and get upset, like, oh, well, you know, I'm sick of my job. I'm going to quit. Not if you don't have a plan. Exactly. Yeah, if you don't have a plan, it doesn't even have to be monetary. It's just, I didn't have a monetary plan. I just said that, you know what, this is my last year in retail. And I'm going to go for this. And I basically just apply everything that I was paid to do as an executive to my brand. Makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. When I, you I just own- want Alicia to do that because I feel like she does exceptionally well at her job working in corporate America. But I feel like she has a lot to offer the world, and I need her. I do, but you know what? <laughs> I, you know what gets me? What gets me is the large salary that I get. And I know it shouldn't be about that, but I am, I have, I'm, I have a phobia of being poor again. Mm-hmm. And I, it's really tough for me. Like I do devote time onto my extracurricular brand. I do, but mm-hmm. I'd be so drained for my nine to five. I'm just like, and I, you know what I also want to say? I also would like to say that entre- like full-time entrepreneurial pursuits, that's not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. It's if, not. It, if, I, it's, if I had a position where I was forced to leave my job, I'd be doing it for a time. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but but really, it's not. So like, you could just be gathering your bearings. Like, what it works for me, I'm going to dibble here. I want to dabble there because it takes money. Like when people try to knock nine to fives or you know jobs at corporate capacities, again, I take offense to that because oh, I, for sure, me too. Yeah, because I bankrolled my business off of my corporate salary so That's what i'm saying be small but yeah. um <laughs> you know i actually like working i, <laughs> I don't have a problem working on nine to five and i don't my desire was never to be a full-time entrepreneur but i have discovered things that i like to do that can generate income uh-huh. and so i think for me i just need to find the ability to devote the passion for my nine to five because i'm not really passionate about it, i'm just really good at it into yeah. my personal stuff i i know and i think of these things all the time it crosses my mind but i'd be like man you have to monetize them. That's yeah. what I teach. Don't I teach that, Draco? You have to yeah. monetize your talents. Like a, a, a idea is merely a thought if you don't monetize it. Literally, somebody else going to do it. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once you um, my I think my biggest struggle is like a a a social media brand not for my personal page but i've been really trying to figure out ways like for it's for the podcast for example like we get listeners but i think our biggest thing is not only acquiring new listeners but keeping them like you know retaining them the numbers but like if if we're getting new listeners but it's the same amount from last week that means we, we didn't do something to keep their attention so i think for me i've been kind of struggling with um identifying like what do people want to see on social media we get a lot mm-hmm. of engagement from like memes and stuff from sharing but i don't mm-hmm. know if those people even know who, they probably just repost it you know what i mean i don't really know if that's like they know your brand mission or brand identity 
Right. No, I think they just be like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Girl, look at this. <laughs> I think so my question for you is just how did you feel like, like, how did you determine the look and feel for your brand? Like, what made you feel like, is it because you thought this was cute and I'm going to go with this? Or was it just like, you know, people tend to respond well when I post this? Or when I, like, how did you kind of identify that? How do you gauge the, okay, I see what you're saying. How do you gauge like your audience, like what to post? Yeah, and so, what attracts people? Because your brand, your page has a lot of followers, and I um I'm interested in having that one day. So I just want to. <laughs> you will, you will. So basically, I want to go back to what Draco has said. Like we talked about earlier, like personality. I think that's a huge component of it because when I first launched it last year, I didn't really start. This is what I was doing. I conducted market research. So basically, I let the brand. I didn't say it was black owned or nothing at first because I wanted to see the consensus. I wanted to see what what is my target market? What does my buy-in demographic look like? I, I literally ran an analysis. So from like June to IMAX was in November. So for my first like fiscal, so from like July to January, I studied the business. And so from, you know, I have so many different things in place. And this is the thing that I feel like a lot of influencers or like people that have uh, these different brands they're not transparent about and analytics is a big part of my business it's a, a big, big part of my career or maybe yeah maybe that's the cor- see that's the corporate side of us like a lot of people make it seem like okay I'm gonna start this business and it's gonna be great it's gonna be successful I don't care how much personality you have I don't care how much education that you have if you are not looking at analytics your business is not living its best life. It's not. Thanks. Yeah. So I feel like that's a really important piece of my business, like making sure that I skew the landscape. So looking at, you know, I was from July to January, I looked at, okay, what's the buying demographic? And I noticed like unanimously it was black women. So it was black women. So it was black women. There was, um, you know, brown women too, you know, um, and it definitely, I have like, you know, boys by the brand too, but it's a it's 79% women. That's what yeah. it is. So that I gathered that from analytics. So back to your question, when you were saying, how did I decipher things? I started coming on my platform probably February. And I started in February with like 1500 followers. I have now close to 9,000 followers because of the personality piece and making sure that if I post something, I look at what it is. I learn what my followers like. So for example, like my page, my followers like beautiful images. So I might repost something from Draco or something that's like super dope. So they're going to respond to that, making sure that you're posting at the proper times and studying how that goes. So like when you post something, it's kind of like putting a letter in the mail. When you put a letter in the mail, you wouldn't just put it in there blank, right? You're going to make sure it has the proper postage, make sure it has the proper return address. And that is how you want your social media to go. You want it to be aesthetically pleasing because if your audience doesn't know who you are, why would they, what incentive do they have to follow you? So it goes back to brand identity. Absolutely. That's the struggle house right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's an easy fix it's I just so- want to be like listen y'all stay I'm telling you we funny <laughs> you gotta get like you have to incorporate more content um that because you're getting engagement as you were saying you're saying that you're getting engagement but invite them for a conversation like maybe post something and then you know ask for their input but the biggest thing I can say that will help you is to make sure that you're monitoring and surveying what it is you put out so do they like 
Do they engage more on your stories? Do they engage more on certain types of posts? Like you mentioned, like memes, like you just kind of have to pay attention or study because your followers is going to depict what happens. Like, honestly, if you care and care enough about your followers, you basically put your brand material based off of what they like. I think that's the smartest way to do it. That's yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Amen, queen. <laughs> Back me. Mm. <laughs> um, baby. Mm. Period. Y'all are horrible. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> baby. Um, I have another question. You got a question, Draco? No, I want you to get it out of queen, because I want to know too. <laughs> well, um, what like how do you stay organized with what you're doing? Like oh. you, you have a regular page, you have a business page, like do you schedule posts, <laughs> do you help me. like do things just come to sporadically? Like what do you do to stay organized with knowing what goes out and how, I guess? So I if anybody that knows me, they know that I am a I'm very anal, like about and again, that could be the corporate side. If it's not on my outlook, it doesn't exist. Nope. Like I'm so big with my calendar is yeah. I got a calendar to make sure my homeowner's insurance is renewed. Listen, <laughs> let, let, hold on, hold on, because I want you to see my calendar. If it's not on Outlook, it doesn't exist. So I but use my calendar. calendar. But mm-hmm. I've been using that um, for maybe like two years now. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, when it comes down to like my personal appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, I book it. I have it set up to where if you book on my site, it'll they'll it'll automatically take the deposit, mm-hmm. and then it'll add it not only to my app for my site, but it'll add it to my iCalendar too. Okay. So that way I won't have to worry about it. Like it has literally everything that I need: their phone number, it streamlines it for you. Yes. So my problem comes in because, um, just me working in this industry, nothing is is consistent mm-hmm. and. Nothing it's always going to be scheduled. Like mm-hmm. I've been begging these people. Okay. For, since Sunday. Cause they, you know, they asked me how my week is looking. I'm, I kind of kept it open. Cause I knew I, I just kind of like gauge. I'm like, all right. Uh, I know they're going to hit me up. This girl has got this going on. So I know I'm going to have to do this, 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 and this, and this. Right. But um, my problem is that they just throw stuff at me. And then mm-hmm. I have to, I, this is my only job and I have to take the gig. Mm-hmm. But I also I also have to do because it kind of slowed me down from a lot of stuff. Like I'm I'm doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I de- I definitely had a food page. I don't even eat the way I used to eat before because of my schedule. Like mostly it's because of my schedule. Like I can't even eat healthy because I'm moving so much. I know what that's about, especially self set life. <laughs> it's just so hard. To, like I don't think people understand. Like I wish people can have a day in my world or just a week. Just so yeah. they can kind of understand, because I think that and a lot of people, things life is tough. It's tough. Yes, and I be you trying can't to eat good, you eat like, on the fly. I no, I, I I try to explain to people like I don't mean to be. I don't purposely try to be um, inconsistent with the, mm-hmm. the way that I work, but I mm-hmm. think you have to kind of come over here and just see what I'm doing in exactly. order for me, in order to fully just understand. Like I, I literally have no downtime because I have to like. Yeah. Like even now, like when after we record, I got my stuff already packed in the car. I'm out the door. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm actually going. To I think for you again, and then I'm about to edit this episode with my right hand at the same time. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's like it just—I don't know. I think it's just kind of hard for me to just manipulate, like maneuver through life, and then still trying to have a personal life and mm-hmm. a social life. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes, mm-hmm. I guess because I have so much clutter and just so much like 
so many different things that I have to work on. And then on top of that, making sure I'm good. Mm-hmm. I don't even be wanting a social life because I can't well, even do see, no, Okay. So it, it has to, it's the time management. See, it's the time management for me. Okay. And that's what it's I suck at. That's the thing. So what happens is, okay, so when you get in a situation, it, it was funny because I was telling Marquise this too. When you get in a situation where it's like, oh, like you feel overwhelmed because as creatives, I don't care if you're a makeup artist or whoever, as a creative, a person that is multi-talented, multifaceted in their dealings, you are going to have to scale back. I love what I do so much. You too, you're self-employed. When you love what you do, you can keep going, going, going. But if you're no good, and if you don't force yourself to say, okay, like to step back, you're going to get burnout. So my husband is crazy. So (laughs) I know I seen a rock on that finger. You got to skip, you got <laughs> to bring it back. You know, so you really have to bring it back. So you got to take time for yourself because if you are messed up or if you're tired or if you're irritable, you're not your best. You're not no. fresh. So even if you're taking you, cause it's going to be there, it's going to be there. So what I'll do is to make sure, make sure with your time management that you literally look out, like plan your day. Okay. Do a little here, a little there. And then this is the biggest lesson that I've learned, like in the past, like maybe two or three months. My favorite cousin is a um, a Taurus. Mm. 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 <laughs> the queen. And so she was just basically saying that you have to do a cutoff, like you have to do that. So maybe take the biggest lesson is take what it is that you want and think about like, okay, can I come back to this? If some, if you're spending too much time on something, if you have to, if you're struggling with something, you got a whole bunch of stuff to do, either delegate it to somebody else or come back to it. Because if you're, de- if you're depositing all of that energy, you're going to be drained. And yeah. then you're a perfectionist, Taurus. It's just, <laughs> no, I, don't know. I, I really be, I really try my hardest to just be so organized when it comes to my business, but it's like. I bet you your business is flawless. I'm talking about your personal time management for you. Oh, yeah. My personal time management sucks. And it's, I think, mostly just because, like, I realize that me being the person that I am, I need to, in order for me to function correctly, I need to have solitude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I cannot have no noise. I can't have no noise. I can't really function like that. Like, I can't, Mm -hmm. I have to, like, really just kind of just sit down first of all i need to rest so i'll i need to get a nap in first of all let me get a nap yeah and then i need to just really just take time to be by myself and just regroup yeah i gotta regroup i I, like every time like if i don't it's just it ain't gonna work you got it that's what you have to do you gotta take time that's like that's the best lesson I've learned like if something you got a whole bunch of stuff to do and you're spending too much time on something either put it on pause or delegate it for somebody else to do it like I used to do my own website my own coding my own I do it I'll do it because I'm a crazy Leo Mm -hmm. I'll do it well that's my rising sign of y'all I'm the same way that's probably why I don't know Mm -hmm. about no rising sign but I know the sun sets in the east and it rises in the west what rising the east sets in the west (laughs) (laughs) my um yeah my rising and my moon sun is leo both of them see 
But my sun sign is a Taurus, okay? And that's what I identify yeah. with. I'm a Leo, but my I'm a um, Sagittarius rising in a um, Aries moon. I'm all fire. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I agree. Spicy. You don't even know. Spicy. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I, I appreciate you. That's... that's... I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm beyond you. So I'm gonna be like, did you take a break today? You have to. You have to. Yeah, I, did, I did say I'm gonna start doing that. I, I wanna. I need to be more outside because I'm. I'm using this COVID nineteen as like a crutch to just be inside because I like being inside. Um, you like solitude. You gotta spend even if you gotta spend time in nature for. You know what I mean? Just to sit outside. Like sometimes I just sit on my back porch with like no shoes on to like ground and do like computer work because oh, you're, yeah. you know, taking advantage of it. But I'm telling you, you have to Girl, structure. I, I ain't with this heat. I don't think I like summer no more. I'm not no hot. I'm not. What's, why is it so hot? It's real. When they said hot girl summer, they was not joking. Hmm. I like it hot. It's you hot. hot like right now. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I know. Call me crazy. Like, I like, give me fall. I want a hoodie. <laughs> yeah, I take a good 80, 79, 80 degree weather, but I like it hot. I mean, it is sweaty and sticky, but I hate being cold. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like being cold either. Yeah. But if I had a choice of being hot and cold, I would, be, I would choose cold over hot. Same. I don't like the sweat. Ugh. Same. Give me some cold. I got that <laughs> from my mama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For your for makeup pays my bills. Do you plan to expand? Like, do you have employees, or is are is are you the the one woman? I have contract employees. Uh huh. Contract Come employees. On. So I have a digital analyst. I have a graphic designer. I have uh, my accountant. Come on. Okay. I was about to say, do you plan to expand? Okay. The expand the expansion is in progress. Okay. <laughs> now, what do you do to find good talent? Do you kind of use social media? I think that I do a lot of, I'm really big on smaller brands because I like, I'm able to see like the talent. A lot of people that are like tenured in the in business, like especially in the industry are threatened by talent of others when really you should work smarter by banding with those individuals. So that's what I've done. So actually my graphic designer is my client, it's a makeup client. Like I did her makeup probably like three years ago and she's a person that you know she was a professional woman i'm a professional woman she liked the fact that i do like skin like makeup so she was my client turned contracted employee so referral but the same thing with my um my graphic designer i used to work at anastasia with her she was actually my area trainer she's actually my graphic designer now so networking, I think that networking is so important. I also think supporting smaller businesses that are professional. Yes. That's a big deal. Like I for feel me, like that's hard too because things look good and then you maybe mm-hmm. set up a meeting or something like that and it's just like... But see, that's the red flag. So the thing is, you know, we talked about that like on one of my lives about like Black Enterprise and I feel it's so important to make sure that you identify who you are in the circuit. Like it's so many talented uh, you know, young creatives, but when you're doing stuff like, you know, showing up late, you know, using fantasy, profanity in front of your clients, mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean? Different things yeah. that make us look bad as a collective, like, you know, different things that make old people look at us like, yeah, like, uh-uh, babe, you know, 
you don't want to do that yeah absolutely not yeah you know, that makes me think of something i there are a lot of times i mean i saw it today where people who like basically post from their brand page and are mm-hmm. like talking about people or they'll be like y'all only support because of this this and that or y'all only do this or calling people out it's just really unprofessional and i'm i'm like you know to me that's almost like if i went to target today and a manager reprimanded an employee in my face like that's not really cool it's kind of weird and they don't know business etiquette this yeah. is just the basic honestly like if we look at the the culture of like business aesthetics especially like in digital media mm-hmm. it's honestly very easy to you know and i'm not saying this from a place of ego but it's very easy to capitalize on a market because i'm i operate in integrity i'm truly professional and i know what i'm talking about so in a culture where it's so many you know hands in the pot i don't worry about things like that because i know that you're a person that probably was a viral sensation a regular person that doesn't have any education not professional education i'm just saying any knowledge you know what i mean like literally okay i'm gonna I put this video out here. Okay, I got 2 million followers and boom. They don't how know learning how to move. Correct. They don't have any formal, and I'm not saying education as far as a degree. I'm saying just any education, period. Like they're ignorant to how to, you know, price a product, how to get, pro- you know, brand aesthetic, how to, you know, do a market campaign, like things like that. So when you are a person that is applying what you've learned from corporate to your business, it's going to jet set because you have a formula versus someone who, again, you may have been a viral sensation. You may be on TV and you feel like, oh, I got these people. Let me capitalize off these followers. That's not my mentality. Yeah. And think people that do things like that, they always fall through the cracks. I actually read an article maybe about five or six years ago about startups. They get a lot of funding up front and they don't last because they didn't really have to get it out the mud. They didn't like, they knew they had an idea and they just wanted the idea to, I mean, the finances to back it up. But mm-hmm. now they're like, all right, we got the money. Uh, let's get the best this, the best that. But they don't really know that. They just want things to just come at them. It, like guarantee. They're not budgeting. Exactly. They're, they're not doing, you know, they they're not forecasting. Exactly. And then there's so many you know, different elements to business. It's not just, okay, you got followers, now what? That's basically what it is. Like you have to make sure that you are being, you know, treating your followers. Cause I don't call my followers followers. They're like my virtual friends, but yeah, yeah, you know, so, but you want to make sure that you're being, you know, getting content and giving products that are going to appease your audience so that your audience doesn't feel like, you know, don't sell anything that you wouldn't sell yourself. Oh, yeah, I say sure. that all the time. Like, would you, like, I've received things that was, I would, I have ordered things that have taken weeks to get to me. I've reached and that's, out. That's to, customer service. Like, and it's like, I don't, you I want don't this want somewhere this. else? And if I, was, well, I want this. if I was reaching out on behalf of President Obama, you would have hand stitched this stuff together and brought it to my front door with white gloves on. Hmm. Well, that's neither here nor there. Why? I don't see um, it. I don't see it. What was I about to say? I just lost my train of thought. Hola, 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 Okay. When it came to uh, <laughs> establishing your community, I know you mentioned it was a, it's a community. It's a brand within a brand, right? When it mm-hmm. comes to like investing in your merchandise and things like, how did you identify like what should I mean? I know it, this probably has a lot to do with like knowing your audience and things of that nature. But for me. I'm like, do do I want to invest $5,000? Can I afford to lose $5,000? Well, okay. So it depends. So like, this is like, you have to look market research. It goes back to that. It really is that simple. So 
this is where a lot of big conglomerate companies fail. Like Draco, you know, a lot of big like Tart and Anastasia, oh, yeah. these really big companies, they came out with like, you remember holographic highlighters? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How many of those did we see, right? I never so used the it. problem, I mean, because it's like the thing is with conglomerate companies, they don't take the time to survey the landscape. Because if you did, if you got 100 brands coming out with this, everybody is following suit. You know, everybody is so unoriginal in this yeah, day and time that sure. we live in, right? So what I do is I survey the landscape. I look and see, okay, so this is same. Okay, so I just launched a set bag, right? Mm-hmm. So my set bag, everybody has a set bag that works at the capacity and they're sick of them. They either break, um, the either they stain, like they use the plastic, it's called PVC. So mm-hmm. basically being able to identify an opportunity within the industry. And I'm like, everybody hates their set bags. Why not design a better one? So I have about 40 because of that reason alone. They rip, they get dirty, they get cloudy. It's just, and then the thing is, you know, if I'm putting my, you know, product in something like this, I know that if I can appreciate this, I know that my counterparts will. So that's kind of like what I do with my launches. So just basically seeing what, listening to my audience as well, like listening to what it is that they're saying that they want and then piloting things. Like a lot of people through Instagram, they'll put like polls and questions like for fun and games, but that's actually a tool for marketing research. If you really have that relationship with your audience, they will tell you what they want. I came up with totes on my own, but like if I'm, maybe if I'm doing different colors for like a shirt or something, I will ask them and then they'll say, Hey, we, you know, have them vote, but people's choice, but a people's choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy way. Do you feel like it's like, how do you feel about like, okay, for example, you know, sometimes people will get into the restaurant industry. They'll get into the, like you said, this, the, the industry, the world that we live in right now, anybody can start any kind of business anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody's selling plates. They're selling waste bees, blah, blah. I love everybody's selling plates. We're plates at. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think it's best to to invest in a brand that you're more passionate about? Because it seems like people are more. I mean, it's nothing wrong with being in it for money, but that's kind of what it seems like. It's like mm-hmm. if I start, if I use this food stamp card, get some ribs, make some plates, I can flip it. I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> but it's not a passion it's like i didn't even care about cooking before i was cooking to survive but it's like hmm should i capitalize on this because people do need food like what like how do you like do you think it's better to just stick to a passion or i think whatever you decide like i don't like to really say whether you should what you should or should not do i say be smart about it i say be smart because if you are a person that maybe you are engaged in doing something just for the money, you know, just like as a side hustle or just to see kind of where it can go, I think have a plan for it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if I'm going to invest this much and you can forecast how much you're going to make from that. Okay. So if I invest this and then I make that either have a plan so you can either pull out of it or if you are on the other side of the tracks, which is, you know, you're passionate about it, it is a baby. You want to grow it. You're going to have to, that's going to take dedication. You are what an what an analogy. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, have you ever had any failure moments in your in your business where you were just like, maybe I need to uh, head down to unemployment office? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please start with the government assistance? It's wearing me out. What? I'm saying, like, if you don't have a job, they help you find a job. Well, let me see. Um, I don't want to say I've had any failure moments because I'm a person where now things again, you will hit snafus. So, like a snafu for me is like, you know, if you if it's delayed, like COVID has everything delayed. So, like, you know, delayed shipment, like for example, I've I had an overseas supplier, but I had to end up, you know, pivoting to a local supplier. And that offsets a lot of your presets, if you will, like how much money you, you know, spend like your CLG, which is cost of goods. That might be a little higher, like different things like that. But, you know, making sure that you're just staying consistent and, you know, seeing itemizing it, you have to see your vision. You got to see your plan. And if you don't have vision, if you don't have plan, you don't have a brand. Who that mind? No, I at all, you just got a uh, Instagram account asking for followbacks. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Look, mm, mm. <laughs> I don't like Watch it. your rigor, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I don't think I don't know if I have any other questions. Some really good questions. I didn't even think about that. I got some cute questions. Hey, yeah, some, some real good questions. I'm, 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 I got like three different accounts. I'm trying to run at the same time. I'd be fried and lost. Mm-mm. Four, oh, actually. One of them is a fenster. I just went, I just, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. So I think we are going to wrap up with, we've been over an hour. We normally record for like an hour, but I mean, we was having fun. Anywho, I'm so glad that you came to chat with us today, Penny. I really appreciate you. I love your brand, of course. I love you as a person. You are very, very inspiring. Thank you. You always going to get some support. Yes, it was very nice to meet you. (laughs) It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Anything, let me know. Yeah, I might need your um, consultation services. Send me um, the invoice or whatever's necessary. They just get them analytics, like consultation like literally because with creatives that's really kind of why it works you know a lot of times you have these crazy ass influencers that are charging an arm and a leg it's no reason why you should be charging a thousand dollars for shit people could google it's just insane yeah yes and you're right i i've seen that before and i'm like it's ridiculous and it's like yeah they're selling the plug but the thing is, you're not even, I can see, well, I really can't see it, but it would be more of an in, uh, integral pursuit if you are selling something that is of value, right? I can say, okay, they're selling something of value, fine. These people are not selling things of value. They are doing by means of trickery and they're not helping people. Generally, when I do a consultation, that's it. Like creatives are so self-sufficient. You just need to connect. I help you connect the dots. I tell you about, like what needs to be done. I can survey, you know, your, your landscape, your digital yeah. landscape and just show you how to go. Like I said, you're all, both of y'all are smart. You'll get it. I know, but I'm trying to make some smart money. Okay. Consultation. Okay. Hello. <laughs> okay. Say less, say less, but not for yeah. real. I know we got the potential to, you know, make it bigger, but I'm gonna have a shirt to say podcast and pays my bills. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to change this LinkedIn up. Okay, so I know earlier in the episode we asked you about a black business that you mm-hmm. wanted to share. And do you care to tell mm-hmm. the people who it is? Yes. So I love 
Chloe plus Christian from my good friend, Scooby West. So he has beautiful, he's a fellow makeup artist as well. He has um, like a planning company that's absolutely amazing, like bridal eventing and all that. But what I love remotely and also immediately as well, he has um, these lipsticks that are called Chloe plus Christian and they're phenomenal. They're long wearing. They um, have excellent color payoff. That's probably like who I would plug. I love his products. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I've never yeah, um tried any of his products, but child. And they smell good. You know I'm funny about Oh yeah, me too. Ooh, they smell good. They have good wear. They don't um, you know, have like high clay, like you know how you something has like a high talc concentration or clay yes. or crack or it, they're bomb. Okay. Oh, I I'm just gonna found it. I'm gonna get into it. Mm-hmm. Have you found Instagram? Mm-hmm. Chloe plus Christian. Yep, he's so bomb. Say less. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I don't have any questions. I really do appreciate your insight. I think um one, one thing I do appreciate is you um giving information but making it like retainable, like not sounding like pretentious or you know, it's just kind of like we all have similar end goals and what does it take to, you know, meet those goals and not mm-hmm. make feel like, oh, so you said I need to get lipo and a BBL to get the followers. I'm not with her. I'm not. I mean, I want to, but like, is that going to get me? But even when it gets you, just like I said, when you get secure the followers, how do you retain them? Exactly. How do you you monetize them? Yeah. How do you turn leads to revenue? Like, you know, they're not teaching that. I teach. People are like, you, like we mentioned earlier, people are just selling that for $400 and they want to invite you to a brunch where they're basically just telling you that you're not working hard enough. And And then you like, yeah and then the food be cold. like no refunds then you complain about them they blocking you whole time they business was a, a, a cash washer but anyway a sham, a a sham or nutriburst but um <laughs> can you stop with the nutriburst i can't it's real solid for nutriburst right now that's all i'm saying mm. Mm. <laughs> well anyway where can the people find you on social medias so everything is consistent. The website is makeup pays my bills and then saying everything is consistent. Every handle on every platform is just simply makeup pays my bills. Yeah. There we go. So I'm gonna put all the information in the information box under the podcast episode. Makeup pays our bills. Period. O U R O W R Our. Our. Ooh, Draco Our. Our. Hmm. <laughs> well, thank you guys for listening to the 82nd episode of ODP. We, we get we qualify for a Kroger discount, love. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Come on. <laughs> you gotta chill. <laughs> we got our YouTube plaque already or something. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.